Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. friends. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with my friend Anna Robbins and Anna is the best. You guys are going to absolutely love her. She is a wife and wedding photographer in a sweet little town in Alabama. And today we're talking all about friendship. Anna is fiercely passionate about Jesus and her people, and she's just so intentional with people in her life, and that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have her on today. We talk about the importance of pursuing honest and vulnerable friendships and community and how that can be really a struggle sometimes, and we talk about what it looks like when you're navigating what feels like silence from God and exercising discernment when it comes to relationships. So Anna is just overflowing with wisdom, and she's going to be such a blessing to you, I have no doubt. So I hope y'all will enjoy my conversation today with my sweet friend Anna. Hey Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm so excited you're here. This is like your friendship is so stinking dear to me so it only makes sense for you to be on the podcast. You are so sweet. I love you so much. It's such a joy to be here and it's such a joy to be your friend. So thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Like I just am so grateful because I get to share you with my people, which is kind of why I love my podcast is because, am I allowed to say that? I love my podcast. Yes, of course. People that I love and that I admire and that I respect and whose lives are like rocking. And I get to be like, here, I want to show you with the world a little bit. Well, with a little bit of my world. So it's just really fun. It really is. And it's so fun to hear you just like get to know, for us to get to know like your friends and your people, but then also for our worlds to be broadened and for us to get to know their stories and what God's doing in them. So I'm just glad you started it. I'm glad you took the leap. Thanks, sis. You are one of the people that encouraged me in this. And so I am just really grateful for that because if it wasn't for my people being on my team, then I probably never would have done this. So I'm grateful for that. Oh, me too. Me too. (laughs) Okay. So because I know you, but um, probably a lot of people don't tell us a little bit about you and what your life looks like and all the things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who do not know me, my name is Anna, um, and I also go by Anna Philly. Anna Philly is my business name. I'm a wedding and portrait photographer in the sweet, deep South. Um, I'm also a wife to my amazing husband, David. I'm a puppy mom, and I'm a homemaker. I literally wanted to put homemaker in that little bio because through and through, I just love hospitality so, so much. And I believe that like the home is like the safe haven for a family. And so though I'm not necessarily an expert at it, I do really, really, really love making a house a home. So there's that. But um, this season of life is just like so fun. Um, about seven months ago, my husband and I moved from the city to the country. So we moved about four hours away from where we were living because my husband got an offer for his dream job. And of course we had to take it. And after praying about it and, and seeking wise counsel, we were just like, we have to, I mean, it's completely different than what we expected the Lord to do, but we have to. So we moved from the city to a teeny tiny Southern Alabama town. It's like so small. Target's an hour away. So y'all pray for me. But 
Anyways, I left um, the comfort of my community and our friends and our church, and I left the comfort of my thriving business, which I think was my hardest, like the hardest thing for my heart and my pride. (laughs) I left that um, in Mobile, Alabama, where we were living, and we transferred to this teeny tiny small town, and we kind of started afresh. And though it's been like really hard, like leaving everything that's familiar, it's been also really good because I've been able to kind of step back from my life and see how... I was hustling so hard, but I wasn't, I wasn't balanced in a lot of ways. And so being able to live in the country, there's automatically like a slower pace here and it's such a sweet blessing. So, um, I'm learning what it means to have balance. I'm not an expert at it. So any advice would be welcomed, but, (laughs) um, I'm really learning what it means to have equal parts work and play in life and just really learn what it means to thrive instead of survive. Right. I think that's been something so fun. Like as I've as we've walked together through um, the season of you moving and just all of those things, that's something that we talk about a lot is balance and how we navigate the, like, you want to grow like your business and you want to work hard and you want to do all these things. But at the same time, you want to have a life too. Um, Mm -hmm. And then live that life well and be intentional with your people and like all of these things. And so finding the happy medium there is hard. I think it's It's so hard. It's so hard. And for people like like you and I, you and I share this this commonality of if we're not working, we sometimes wonder if we're worthy or if we're doing something that matters. And so for like work had really become a part of my identity to where I was like, if I'm not working, if I'm not serving, if I'm not giving, if I'm not pouring, am I doing anything that really matters? Am I doing right. what I'm called to do? And it was really this like the shape shift and this heart shift of like, and even whenever you're not hustling, even whenever you're not pushing and you're pulling and you're proving, you're still worthy and you're still valuable. And that's been a hard pill to swallow. It's it's been really, really hard. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Stay there together. You know what I mean? Cause you know, I mean, yeah. not to talk about the Enneagram, but like, we, <laughs> it had to come up. It had to come up. <laughs> Already. But like, it is really hard to not find your value, at least for me, not to find your value from what you do and what I do. Um, and just like not feel that worthiness if I'm, I'm not producing or I'm not doing or I'm not whatever. And sometimes like, if I'm not going, 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 I'm like, what am I doing? Like, do I have any value? Like, am I bringing anything good to the table? What am I doing with my life? I just question all the things, you know? Um, And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Like, you know, doing things and working hard and producing content and stuff like that. That's all good. Like, those are all good things. Um, But it doesn't define who I am or who you are who anyone is. And so like kind of bringing that back in and I think coming to that question of like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's been so interesting. So um, I'm a two on the Enneagram and I know that a lot of women test as twos, but let me just tell you all the sins of a two are my sins. So <laughs> I'm not picking the two because yeah. they're the helpmate or anything like that. I'm picking it because I'm a sinner. But anyways, <laughs> literally the two, I, I, I in, with work, it's been so interesting because I really, really, really want to be needed and my, my work needs me. And so with that, it's like learning what it means to, to be valuable when you're not needed. Um, and also that rest isn't lazy. Like, I don't know where I got this mentality of like rest is lazy. My husband is a nine. And so he, um, he is very like slow to move and he is a peacemaker and he, he, 
doesn't really understand, like he can hustle, but he's not good at it. And so it's so refreshing to be married to somebody who is literally like, why don't you sit down? Why don't you rest? Why don't you just be in the moment? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I capture the moment for everybody else. Why can't I be in it for myself? Like, you know, that helps a lot. Marriage has really uh, ironed out my wrinkles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that you said that though, about the, um, you know, looking at the the sins or like the weaknesses of whatever Enneagram type you are, um, just because, I mean, I totally resonate with that because it is, it's really easy to look at stuff like that and be like, oh man, well, I must be this because that looks like a really nice, like aspirational thing to be, you know what I mean? And yet Mm -hmm. on the other side of it, it's like, oh dang, like usually it's the stuff that like hits home because it's the dark corners of your heart that you didn't want anyone to see. And all of a sudden you're like, there it is right there. Well, and that's the point. And I think like if the, you go, you don't go into the Enneagram thinking like, I'm going to just discover the best parts of myself. You go right. into the Enneagram saying, I want to know more about myself. And so you go, when you, when you do that, you literally learn the good and the bad, but then you also learn the healthy and the unhealthy yeah. and you reveal, your heart is almost revealed in a sense of like, you realize how healthy or unhealthy you are, but that doesn't mean you're going to stay that way for forever. Like, you know, right. and so it's so refreshing because I think like an unhealthy, healthy too, which sorry, hopefully your podcast listeners like talking about the Enneagram because it's our jam. And I feel like all your people love talking about it. What are we doing? Yeah. It's been so revolutionary. Reven- wow. Revolutionary. I can speak, I promise. For my heart. And so I'm just sharing it because it's been so good. But yeah. when a two is unhealthy, they actually act like um an eight in the sense of like they get really um commanding and um they kind of push the boundaries a little bit and my husband can tell you when I'm fearful or whenever I'm unhealthy or mainly whenever I have a, like a lot on me, like high stress, yeah. I get really demanding and commanding and I get really kind of forceful in my, my verbiage, in, in my attitude, in my body language. And it's just like humbling. And it's so, but learning that I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do in order to be the kinder, more healthy version of a two? Okay. Right. I, I need to not put so much on my shoulders. I can control that, you know? So right. anyways. Right. No, I think that's so good. And I, you know, it's really interesting because I'm like, and how selfish of me to think this way. But I'm like, it's sometimes it's hard for me to think that other people think differently than me, which sounds literally so like I, weird, but of yeah. course people think differently. But for a long time, and that's why I, something I really loved about the Enneagram is that I was like, oh, like the reason why I'm struggling with this is because like I'm thinking this way and maybe not everyone else is thinking this way. And I'm thinking about it right. wrongly. You know what I mean? And so, and that's the beauty of the fact that we're all so different because holy cow, if we were all like me or all like you or all like anyone, we just be like, it would just be a mess. You know what I mean? And so I'm so grateful yeah. that there's differences between us as people, because I think it's so refining because I'm for sure not perfect and need a lot of help in a lot of areas. And then people that are different than me, show me that. And I'm so grateful for that, you know, like, I think our differences, especially I think if we could, as a culture and as a society could appreciate the differences in others, like we would really start to thrive because I, like you were saying, I don't want a bunch of Anna's like, you know, on my team. I mean, I would appreciate, I would understand them, but it's sometimes like, (laughs) it's sometimes having those different people who think differently. That's how we grow. And I think that will really stifle ourselves if we stay close-minded and we stay with the comfortable and we stay with the familiar, you know? Absolutely. Which kind of like, 
entrances us into this conversation that I wanted to have about friendship. Um, because I think that a lot of people struggle with friendship and struggle with community. Um, and it can be, it can just be hard sometimes. It can be hard. I've struggled with friendships in my life. Um, but I also, and I'm so grateful for this. And I see this as like such a gift in my life. I feel like I have a core of people that are like my people, um, mm. that are on my team and pray for me and encourage me and call me like up and out into like what the Lord has for me. And you are one of those people for me. You are one of my people that, um, I can count on that I know loves me, but loves Jesus more than me. And so that's something I really value, um, about you and about our friendship. And so I kind of wanted to talk about that because, um, I, there have been some specific like things in our friendship that I really, really love and appreciate. Um, so, and we're going to talk about that, but what do you think, we're going to talk about all the things today. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. But like, what do you think are some of the vital aspects of cultivating strong and lasting friendships? Absolutely. Well, thank you, first of all, so much for those sweet words. And I definitely feel the same way about you. You are such a light in my life. And I'm so grateful that the Lord connected us like yeah. millions of years ago. I don't even remember when we first, well, I mean, I remember when we first met. I just don't remember the year right now. <laughs> millions okay. of years. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so yes. Um, goodness. So the vital aspects of cultivating a strong, like strong lasting friendships. Um, such a good question. And it's honestly hilarious because it's something that I've experienced in the last seven, eight months because of our move. Um, and I really, I really, I really don't think that I would have been able to answer this question, though I love friendship and though I have amazing friendships had we not moved because we almost had to start all over again. Um, mm-hmm. when we, when we moved about like eight months ago, we left incredible friendships and we left our, our people, you know, and we left people who knew us through and through people who had been doing intimate life with us. We had a really, really awesome community group. Um, And then we arrived to this like new teeny tiny small town in Alabama. Um, (laughs) And I immediately started getting homesick because I didn't feel known. And I realized that if I wanted to be known, it was going to take a lot of work. And it was going to take me stepping outside of my comfort zone. It was going to take me inviting people to do things. It was going to take me saying yes to things. Um, And for a lot of people, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, like extroverts thrive off of that stuff. And and I'm an outgoing introvert. So I'm outgoing. I'm bubbly. I love love being around people, but I really recharge by myself. But when I was in this headspace, kind of like feeling homesick and feeling just slightly down, I was like, I don't even know where to begin. And it was overwhelming to like really think about where to begin. Um, But in like kind of formulating a thought process about, okay, how do we create these friendships here in this new place? How do we create, um, how do we connect? I think was my biggest thing. Um, it was, it was being brave and it was showing up like two things that I really think are necessary in cultivating, um, strong and lasting friendships are showing up like, and not, and deciding like, you're going to be there or you're going to, um, they're going to do the thing or you're going to say yes. Um, because, I've never had a friendship with someone who wasn't there. Like, and, and friendships, I think the beautiful thing about them is I look back on my life and I'm, I'm 27, going to be 28. So I'm not super old. I'm not super young, but I look back and I'm like the most important friendships in my life weren't the ones that on day one, I decided we're going to be best friends for forever like in elementary school. They're the, the people that showed up numerous times over a long period of time. And I didn't realize how valuable they were until like this very moment or until like years later. And 
I think with that, like showing up is essential, but also like time is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving yourself time. I think in our culture and our society, um, and I know for me personally, I like to rush through things because I think if we get to the end, it'll just be the best. And I think the beautiful gift about time is it doesn't want to be rushed. It just wants to be appreciated. And that is how we've been able to make friendships. Um, we decided one of the the things that we decided to do, my husband and I, when we moved here was start a community group. Um, we just wanted to start a group within our church and we wanted to host it. I love hosting and we wanted to invite people into our home. And it was kind of scary because we were renting this little house and it, it wasn't that cute, you know, whatever, but I wanted people I knew I had the gift of hospitality and I knew that's what I felt comfortable with. And so I wanted to invite people into our space to get to know us. And that though it was difficult, like it was so much fun. And now months later, those are our closest friends. Like they just threw us a surprise, a surprise, like housewarming party on Sunday. We just bought a house about like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And they threw us a surprise housewarming party and, um, they, they know us. And I, I just know, like, I just know that if we hadn't decided to be brave and I say be brave because, because sometimes it's really, really hard to just start yeah. friendships and to be the friend that is intentional or to seek out other people. Um, and to be brave and to do that. And that was like the biggest blessing that we could have ever given ourselves and the Lord could have ever given us was to just be brave and to say, okay, we're going to do this and to show up. And so it's been, it's been such a gift. Um, I think I kind of answered that question. Oh, I think that's, awesome. <laughs> I think that's so good. And I loved that you, you know, talked about investing the time, you know, because I think that what you said, like in our culture are just so fast paced and we're going to the next thing and we're getting stuff done. You know, that is like the one thing that I think all of us feel like we're short on is time. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, I'm busy at all the time. And I feel that um, because I say those same things too. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, man, what do I, what, what is important about my life? Like who is important in my life? Yeah, I like to be, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And when I say showing up too, I don't just mean physically. Like I mean emotionally and spiritually too. Like I mean, like if you want somebody to invest in you emotionally, start by investing in them. Like if you want people, if you want people to know you intimately, you're gonna have to be intimate with them. You're gonna have to be vulnerable. You're gonna have to let down walls. And I'm not saying just let down walls with anybody, but use your wisdom and share things and don't be afraid to be the friend that listens or the friend that puts yourself in another person's shoes or to be authentic. You know, um, if you want those close and strong friendships, you're going to have to give the relationship strength and a relationship, a friendship never truly blossoms um, and grows deeply just by someone saying, oh my gosh, you have a perfect life. Me too. It it grows and you connect by someone going, wait, you struggle with that? Me too. And that is like, I think that is the the sweet spot is, is to know, be known and be seen, not because of our perfections, but because of the things we struggle with, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think like transparency and friendship is so vital because you're never, the people that I am like closest to at the heart are the people that I'm real with. You know what I mean? And that like, yes. they're real with me um, because 
otherwise everybody is just getting like the Instagram view of your life. And like, that is so not reality. It's not even funny. And we all know that. It's you not. Know? Yeah, it's not. But I think we get, we get into the comparison trap of believing that it's their reality. It's not mine. Like, you know, yeah. and like that is so, so it can just, it can kill, it can kill joy instantly. Oh, instantly. Oh Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that quote. And I, I don't know exactly who it's by, but um, that says like comparison is the thief of joy because I think it that is. was Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But like that's, it is so the reality that like as soon as I start comparing that it robs me of all, all joy and all peace and all contentment. And so I think that when we can be just so genuinely honest with one another, it allows us to like walk through the mountaintops and the valleys together, you know, because both of those come um, in friendship. And sometimes in friendship, someone's walking through a mountaintop and you're walking through a valley. And so that can be hard, you know, because oh my goodness. really, really hard because you're like, I, what's your problem? Like I'm doing great. Or you're like, um, I am like struggling so much. And like, you're having the time of your life, you know? And, and so, but, the, but the being honest part and the transparency part, Oh, I think allows that to happen a lot easier. Um, and with mm -hmm. a lot of like hurting hearts, does that make sense? Like it allows you to rejoice oh, yeah. and, um, through those seasons, even if you might be in totally different seasons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like when we compare, it almost makes the other person an enemy instead mm -hmm. of a friend because we, we look and we're like, my life does not look like theirs. And then we start feeling less worthy because we're comparing ourselves to another human, you know? And yeah. instead it's like, it's if we don't do that and if we allow ourselves to just look at another person's life and to be able to appreciate the highs and the lows and to be able to appreciate the things that we do not see. And I think that's wisdom is to say, you know, like my Instagram, I haven't posted like anything like really deep and like vulnerable in a while. And so maybe they're doing the same thing, you know, and I'm desperately craving connection. So maybe I should post something like deep and vulnerable instead of just looking at their highlight reel going, well, man, wow, they just lived the perfect, wonderful life, you know? Yeah. So kind of like shifting that a little bit, but yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. And I think too, like one of my favorite things about your friendship is that I feel like you're Jesus to me. And when I tell girls, like when I've talked with people about friendships and that kind of stuff in relationships, um, I use you as an example sometimes when I'm like teaching and stuff, because um, I think that people should look for people who are Jesus to them in, in relationships and also aspire to be like that. Um, but the reality is that um, in our friendship, like because you are reflecting the light of Christ and because you are like seeking his face, it challenges me to do the same thing. And that's something that I am so incredibly grateful for because I need people in my life that are calling me like to greatness, um, but also calling me to holiness. And mm. I have been so grateful for you in my life um, and the ways that you have done that because you're always on my team, but you're always pushing me to the feet of Jesus. And I think we need that in our friends as if, as a believer, as a Christian, like we need friendships that are pushing us towards greatness, but also pushing us towards holiness. Cause if we're just pushing for it to be great and to do the next big thing or whatever, like that's just not going to help anyone. Like that's just going to fill you with pride, but you can aspire towards greatness with that aspiration towards holiness. And I think that that's kind of like that sweet spot there. Um, because obviously like the Lord calls us to do things with excellence and all of those things. But, um, but there's something really beautiful about a friendship that pushes you to the feet of Jesus. Um, and I've been really grateful for that, um, in my life, in our mm -hmm. friendship, because 
that has oh, been something very consistent for the past few years in our um, in our friendship. So that's been like a huge gift to me. Ditto, ditto. And I think that's the beautiful thing is a lot of people think that Christians pretend like they have everything together or that they are better than other people. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about actually like understanding Christians and understanding who we are and who like what friendships look like. It's it's not that we are perfect. In fact, we are so okay with our imperfection because we know who is perfect and that is Jesus. Yeah. But we we don't give up in trying. And and I think that's that some people kind of they have good motives, but um, they don't necessarily execute it the, the best way. And that's honestly because we're human. And I've been there. I've done that multiple times in my life, probably more times than I can count. But I think when it's all said and done, it's that if we are not if we're not pressing towards a goal that is bigger than ourselves, then what are we really doing? And for Christians, it's literally, it's that we have realized and that we have, we have come to the conclusion that there has to be more to life than what we live here on earth and that there has to be something greater and there has to be a purpose. And we've experienced the love of Jesus Christ. And therefore we cannot help because we have accepted him as our savior and we've asked him to take over our lives and to be the Lord of our lives. We cannot help, but show that love to other people, but also to, to love Jesus and to know him and to build that relationship with him. And in building a relationship with Christ, what we're actually doing is we're becoming more like him, but we're also radiating that love to the people around us, sometimes unbeknownst to us, us and, right. and, and showing other people what, what his love looks like. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about, about Christian friendships is they're not perfect. In fact, they're messy. You've walked with me through so many messy seasons and so many mm-hmm. sinful seasons. And I'm going to be honest, we We've been friends for a really long time and I haven't had a perfect season yet, you know, <laughs> and it's not, it's not going to happen anytime soon <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but yeah. we, we've been transparent and we've been authentic and we've just gently reminded each other of, of Jesus and of the cross yeah. and of the purpose that he has bestowed upon us, you know? And I think it, you, we have to be intentional to pursue that because otherwise, let's be honest, nobody wants to just share their junk. You know what I mean? Nobody's like... Right hard to do that and so I think asking the honest questions of like hey and you're so good at doing this like how's your heart like what's going on in your head and we all know that I hate that question so much because I don't like talking about (laughs) (laughs) I know that it's good for me (laughs) and so I'm grateful for that because um because if somebody isn't going to ask a question probably at least in my situation I'm probably not going to just share that like, I'm probably not just, here, let me tell you about my heart. And so I think that being intentional to ask one another in a, in a healthy um, and honest and, like, secure friendship where you know that, like, you're on the same page and nothing is, like, going outside of that, um, that circle that you have that you can be vulnerable there. Um, I think being really intentional to ask those specific questions is so helpful in cultivating mm-hmm. that transition. And I think it grows over time, you know, like it's not something that just oh, happens. Really, yeah. like, like you were saying, there's, we've, we've walked a lot of roads together um, and a lot of brokenness and like seasons in my life where I've just been up like a wreck and there's all of these things. And I think walking that and, and cultivating that safe space, um, but then being intentional to ask the hard questions is really like where the good stuff grows, you know? Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I mean, when it all comes down to it, a lot of us are just scared to get hurt and we don't know how to be vulnerable because it really wasn't taught to us. And I think 
being vulnerable is, is just knowing yourself and wanting to share that with other people. But sometimes it can be really scary. And, and sometimes we have to learn from that. Um, like for instance, like sometimes I remember, man, it was years ago, but I really looked up to this, um, this lady and I, and I wanted to be close to her. And one day I just shared, she asked me how I was doing. And it was one of those, the bottom just fell out. And I just kind of told her like, really, really told her, you know, <laughs> and I was like crying and I, and I, I told her what happened. And this sweet lady, like she encouraged me in the moment, but she never followed up. She never asked me like how I was doing again. And that could have done one of two things that could have closed me off to ever being vulnerable again and said to myself, oh, so this is what happens whenever an older, seemingly wiser woman gets a hold of my vulnerability. Or I could have said, you know, maybe she forgot and I want to find someone who's not going to forget. And so like, Thankfully, I was, I was very hurt. Don't get me wrong. But over time, I, I learned what it meant to be vulnerable again. And, and I think sharing and, and knowing that our worth and the end is not going to, is not weighted upon our being vulnerable. In fact, I think the enemy, he wants nothing more than for us to be isolated and for us to keep everything within. And nothing good has ever happened from me keeping things within. Only good things have happened whenever I have been been brave enough because it is scary to share and to be vulnerable and to be authentic and to share the things that I'm struggling with. And like I said previously, it's amazing how friendships can grow through that because people go me too. Me too. Yeah. There is such power in those words and being able to look at somebody and say me too and mm-hmm. like share that that experience together. Um, because I think it is, it's so it's so tempting to keep all the things that we think make us look bad behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Like it's so tempting yeah. to keep it under wraps. It's so tempting to keep the sin hidden. It's so tempting to just only show the good stuff. And yeah, I think the connecting point of a lot of friendships is when you do share that stuff and that person can say, I've been there. Like I've done that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's something so beautiful about that. And I think that uh, something so holy about that, if I can even say that, that like, you know, God calls us to like bear burdens with one another and confess Mm -hmm. them and and to, to grow together. And so there's something really holy and something really beautiful about being able to share stuff in that other person's saying me too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in James scripture says, confess your sins to one another and therefore be healed, yeah. healed. It doesn't see, say, therefore be embarrassed. It doesn't say, therefore be shamed. It says, therefore be healed. And so when we share vulnerable things that we're struggling with, sins, um, negativity, or things that we're insecure about, when we share that with other believers, like we are, uh, we, I think we're also sharing them truthfully with ourselves and we're allowing for the, the vulnerable spots to be exposed. So that way they can receive healing. And I think a lot of the times, um, as a defense mechanism, we try our best to guard ourselves and build up walls. But what we don't realize is that walls not only keep the bad things out, but the good things out too. Yeah. And the more walls we build up, the more we're, we're keeping out the good things. And I think that's where people get really bitter. They get really angry. They get really depressed is because they're trying so desperately to protect themselves. What they're actually doing is they're, they're protecting themselves from the bad and from the good. And so it almost makes them less receptive to, and less, um, likely to have 
anyone really wants to approach that. Have you ever seen like a like um, a hurt cat or something like so like yeah. a wounded animal like when, when something is wounded it like wants to attack when you get near it like we used to yeah. have this cat and I'm not a cat person so if you are I'll pray for you but um I'm not a cat person and we had this cat named Tigger and she was a stray cat who somehow decided that we were the bee's knees and she just wouldn't leave our property and she had this little bobtail and anytime we got near her she would like claw and hiss at us and we just we just didn't stop getting near her. We didn't stop giving her food. We didn't stop giving her milk. We didn't stop giving her love. And then one day she let us pet her and it was like the most surprising thing ever. And we all rejoiced. But I think a lot of us are like that wounded cat. Like we, we do, we think that, that anything that is unknown could be could be bad. And so why would we allow ourselves to ever be vulnerable to the bad, you know? And wow. so with those walls, if we are brave enough, and I know I keep saying brave because it is, it is difficult. If we are brave enough to say, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen if I open up or if I share this piece of information and we think about the worst thing, we let our minds wander. And then we say, okay, my desire to be known and seen and loved is greater than this bad thing and this fear. But most of all, my father is bigger than this fear and then these bad things. And I'm going to trust him and I'm going to step out in faith and I am going to take this risk. And I think when we do that, it's like we build we build trust with the Father, but then we also allow ourselves to really look at our flesh and say, you are not in control. Jesus Christ yeah. is, and he, he is leading me here. And I think that's where the world has changed and difference, differences are made. It's not because we all just decided, oh, I'm going to change the world. It's we looked at ourselves and we said, Mm-mm, you're not in control. Jesus is. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think, the enemy exploits the stuff that's in darkness. You know what I'm saying? And so when stuff is kept in the dark, then that is like breeding ground to be like exploited for shame to grow. And for all these, like all this negative um, and destructive stuff to grow in our life when we keep things in the dark. And something you said, I don't know if we were on the phone or if we were like using Voxer or whatever, but um, I remember you said it and you're like, that's good. You should write it down. And I wrote it down. And it was so funny because you texted me back the picture that I had sent of it last night. Um, it was just so funny. What you said, what happens behind closed doors either illuminates or darkens God's spirit within us. And that was like so good. And so it was probably one of those moments, you know, when you're talking, you're like, well, dang, like, I don't know where that came from, but that was good. <laughs> like, that was definitely not me. That was the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but man, do I want to claim that? I want to be like, yeah, that was in a Philly. What's up? I'll be writing a book in 2020. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, I loved that because it was just so spot on that what happens behind closed doors either illuminates or darkens God's spirit within us. And I think that that is kind of the key um, to walking in freedom and walking in freedom and friendships because if there's stuff going on behind closed doors, and it's it's dark and and we keep it there um then it it darkens the rest of our life you know what i mean like and it lays up the rest of our our life and our souls and it can permeate into our work into our ministry into our friendships um but if what's happening behind closed doors um is in the light then that also brings all that other stuff into the light too and so i think a lot of it comes down to our hearts you know and how our hearts are doing um, which is why I love that question. How's your heart? You know, because that yeah. 
like it's just like that first step into what's really going on you know what I mean like what's going on in your heart and your soul and um I was at prison last week and you know it's hard it's hard because we're there for like two seconds like two hours you know and so you don't really get to know people like the ins and outs of their life and what's all going on you know what I mean um but I was talking with one of the girls and I was like hey sis like how's your heart and it was like the floodgate came up in you know and so interesting because I mean she just has like so much hard stuff going on and like losing custody of her child and like all of these things that are just really really heavy and it was just a gift um to be able to like have that conversation with her and um and and cry with her you know a little bit and and say like I'm sorry um and that that conversation wouldn't have happened if if that question wasn't there and so I love that question so much because it really can open this door and flip the switch of just having like a really honest conversation with someone because you know how it is when you're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like, Oh, good. Like nobody ever usually says it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, and that's honestly, that's honestly how the question got started was because I mean, I live in the South and I haven't always lived in the South. And so when I first came here, I really realized if you ask how someone is, they're always going to say good or fine. Like they're never going to say, they're never going to tell you how they really are. And yeah. it's like, it's so interesting. And so when you ask something like, how's your heart? It's yeah. almost like you have to think about it. It recalibrates the question to where you have to be like, wait, how is my heart? Right. And sometimes people will still say good, you know, and that kind of right. thing. But the people, the people who really want, who, who really like seek that out, they realize, you know, I've been better. And then that's where they just have to give you a little bit of a line and then you can just like run with it. Well, tell me, like, how could you be better? Like, what's going on? You know, and just kind of go from there. But I love that you asked that at the prison. That just makes me so happy. Listen, that is the way. It's so funny because you have people there that have been there forever. And then you have people there that are new and all this stuff. And you have these different relationships with different people there. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you have people you're more connected with or you had. But I'm telling you, the girls that I like have a deeper relationship with are the girls that I've had the chance to ask the question, how's your heart? You know? And it's like, it is the game changer question. Um, because <laughs> you're just like, Oh, how's your week? Or like, how's it going? It is. It's, it's good. Well, by all prison standards, good, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but, but it keeps it so surface level. And so I have been, um, really blessed by you asking me that question. And then in turn, um, me, me kind of learning that from you and taking that, um, to places like the prison and being able to ask that question there because it just allows for a greater transparency and a greater depth there. Um, but that then helps me know how to pray for them and grieve with them and love them. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just helpful and it's a gift. And so I'm really grateful for that. Um, and that's just been like a huge blessing to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that's so encouraging to me as well. Like, oh, you just have no idea. No idea. I think in just like talking about friendships and talking about things too, I just want to kind of acknowledge that like sometimes it's in wisdom, it's it's not safe to be transparent in friendships. Like, yeah. and, and I just want to acknowledge that and not be like fluffy and say like, oh my goodness, always be transparent, always. No, like use your wisdom and use your discernment. And if you if you're lacking in wisdom or discernment, like ask the Father for it. Like ask the Lord. Um, yeah. I think a lot of times we, we negate the power of prayer, but prayer is the most powerful thing we can do this side of eternity. And so if yeah. you're lacking in something specifically, like anything, like, like friendship, mm-hmm. if you're lacking, in, if you're lacking in wisdom, if you're lacking in discernment, if you're lacking in, in any area, ask the Lord and he will, he will fulfill yeah. that. And I yeah. promise he will. But 
with friendships too, um, I think it's truly important to be wise and to be transparent, but also you can't just let anyone in. Um, it's safe to have full transparency with God, but it can be dangerous in certain friendships because certain friendships prove to not be as trustworthy. Um, I have one friendship in my life right now and and it's been really interesting because I've kind of seen how in that friendship, it's almost gotten a little bit um, overgrown and I've had to cut back in a lot of areas because and if I were to share a good thing with this friend, instead of this friend celebrating that good thing with me, this friend would therefore get like um, jealous or envious and start comparing their lives to mine. And that's not healthy. That's not good. For you or her. Yeah. Like, oh, exactly. Exactly. And so in wisdom, I've had to pull back and say, you know, like, I love this person so much, but it's not safe. And if I share vulnerable things with her, she always, or he, whoever this person is, I don't know, um, whoever this person is, like, they always seem to kind of be like, well, like, this is harder for me or this area of my life is harder. And yeah. then it becomes almost like a game. And so like I've had to, in wisdom, pull back and say, I love this friend. I love yeah. them so, so much, but it is not safe, nor is it healthy for me to be in this friendship, like the way that I have been for so long. So like, I love to garden. So like in gardening, you prune back a bush so that way it can get healthier and it can grow more beautiful. I've had to prune back this friendship and just allow it to be cut back for just this season. So that way later in Jesus name, it'll grow healthier and it'll yeah. grow more beautiful instead of this weird like season that we're in right now, you know? Yes, absolutely. And it kind of makes me think of like the Lord's um, discipline, which is kind of random, but, um, in that like pruning and discipline are things that we don't usually like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it kind of hurts sometimes. Um, but I was just reading in Proverbs and it said that like the, the Lord, um, disciplines those he loves. Um, and he like, we're basically like repro reproves the son that he delights in. And I was like, how weird, because I never would be like, if I'm being disciplined by the Lord, I've never been like, wow, the Lord's delighting in me. Like, you know, in me, and so loves me. Yeah, like, and he delights in me, and yet he's like, I love you so much. Like, I delight in you so much that, like, I can't let this keep happening. You know what I mean? And I think that it can be like the same way in our friendships and that pruning. Sometimes we have to take a step back, and sometimes there has to be pruning because it's like, hey, I love this too much to let this keep going because I know if it keeps going the way it has been going, it's just gonna like crash and burn. And so I love this friendship so much that I do have to step back. I do have to prune some areas because hopefully we can come back to life and it can be something even better than it's ever been before, you know? And so it's not yeah, always exactly. this like, oh, I don't like that. You know, it's it's usually like when that's done in a healthy way, it's like, no, no, no. I love this so much that like I want this to be something like even better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that is... That's a beautiful thing about like walking with the Lord is that we know, like we know that this isn't the end. Like we, we are hopeful and we are joyful and, and there is something we, we are expectant, you know? And when it comes to like friendships, like the pruning back of friendships, sometimes the Lord does that for us. And sometimes mm -hmm. it might seem like, like a punishment, like you were saying, but it's actually a blessing because when we're in something, it's really hard to see it fully for what it is. And sometimes like there could be like, 
like within a rose bush, um, I have this, this beautiful climbing rose bush and it's got, um, like it's got really lush green leaves, but right now I'm noticing that it's got a lot of like black speckles on it. And mm-hmm. I'm learning sadly that those are diseased and you're supposed to cut back every single branch that has the speckles on it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's a lot of branches right. that I'm going to cut back. But like, if I don't cut those back, it could infect the whole bush. And, and so the same can be said with like certain friendships. If I don't cut back, um, or if I don't even allow the Lord to cut back the parts that are unhealthy or to ask him, God, if there is anything in me that is unhealthy, I just ask that you, you heal it and you make it healthy within my friendships, within my realities, within my, you know, my, my communities anything like that, then we have the potential to to have, I think, other friendships or even other parts of our lives to be infected as well and to be unhealthy as well. Um, right. But because we're human, we can't always see outside of ourselves. And so that's why we trust the Lord and we trust the Father, you know, with yeah. that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's just so, that's a good word because I think that that's something that some people really need to hear, uh, myself included, that it's just like, it's because it's, it's hard. Um, to do that and it's hard to navigate that, but it's also so important and so valuable. Um, and so I think that that is just like a huge, huge gift to people for sure. Um, so you said something to me the other day and I really loved it. Um, I think we were talking about just relationships and seasons and like stuff that that looks like. And you said that, um, God isn't silent, but a lot of times we don't like what he's saying. And I loved that because I was like, oh, that is just so good that like the Lord is, is never silent. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And like, you can see throughout the council of scripture that like he speaks to his people, like he communicates to his people. Um, but, and a lot of times you can feel like he's silent, but a lot of times you don't like what he's saying. And so we can kind of take that silence or we can take that, um, that concept or that idea or that like pressing on our hearts that God is telling us to do as his silence, but it's not. And so I kind of wanted to talk about how um, we've experienced this in our own lives. And then like, how do you navigate this kind of transparency with the Lord too? Because I think it's just like being in this honest space with God. Um, and so I just love to hear like your heart on that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so good. I think, I think there are times, and, and the reason I, I said that to begin with, to kind of give it some background was because I think a lot of times we, I, I don't, we, I Dollicize the voice of God, um, yeah. and we instead of like loving God Himself and being content with with whether He's speaking or not speaking, we think that we need Him to speak in order for us to have approval, or we think that like the voice of God is somehow more important than God. Like God speaking is more important than God silent, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the times, like God. Um, he he's not silent because he's very present in our lives, but he doesn't need words to necessarily articulate his um his love for us because if we're walking with him, like if if you and I are on a walk, Jessica, we can have moments of silence, but I know that you love me and you're still my friend. I'm not wondering, I'm not worrying, you know? Um and, and we can have moments of of silence where like I might know know you so well that I know what you're thinking, or we might just be appreciating something together. I don't need you to talk every single second to know like your love for me. But I think a lot of the times, like when, when God is silent for long periods of time in our lives, it's not necessarily that he's silent. 
It's that we don't like what he's saying, or we don't want to align to what he's saying. We don't want to hear it because there, we want what we want and we want what our lives want. And, and I know from my past experiences, I can be very rebellious and I can be very passionate and I know what I want. I'm very driven. And sometimes what God has for me and what I want are two different things, but I'm so certain that what I want, that I'm, I'm certain that once the Lord lets me do it, he'll bless it. You know, like, like once I get there, he'll see that. Oh my goodness. My, my Anna girl, she knew, she just knew. I'm so proud. (laughs) Unfortunately, that is my pride talking and that is not scripture based. And so therefore that's, it's not true. (laughs) And so with that being said, I think a lot of the times, um, in my life, I've just noticed that God is saying things. I just, I just don't have my headphones in. I don't have like, like, I don't have my listening ears to the Lord on. I want what I want and I'm, I'm pushing in my direction or I'm, I'm hangry. I'm angry or hurt at God, which is a real thing. And I haven't resolved that. And so I don't want to hear what he has to say. Meaning like there, like there have been, um, certain times in this last season um, my sister-in-law got diagnosed with stage four brain cancer and, um, is one of them. And then, um, I had another, I had another friend, um, like lose a loved one. And it was just, it was just a season of saturated sadness. Um, and I didn't really have anything to say to the Lord, um, because I didn't understand what he was doing. And I was just really quiet and really silent and really hurting. Um, and I think that, I, I needed in order to um, have open communication with the Lord again, I needed to be honest about what I was feeling towards him yeah. and mainly what I was feeling about myself. And so, um, and that's a form of repentance. And I think that is why it's so important to have transparency with God is God knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're feeling. Scripture mm-hmm. says in Psalm 139, it says, you know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. And then a few verses later in verse four, it says, even before a word is on my tongue, Oh Lord, you know it all together. Meaning even before I have strung together the sentences that are in my mind, the Lord has already, he already knows. But just because he knows, he doesn't mean that he's just going to know it and then claim it and then dub it as truth. He wants us to articulate that to him. That's where transparency comes in. He wants us to vocalize that to him. He's not a God that just sits there condemning us. He's a God that puts his, his hand underneath our chin, raises our chin, looks us in the eyes and says, my daughter, how's your heart? He wants yeah. to know. He wants to know. And I think that when it's all said and done, when we're, when we're transparent with God, we're also being transparent with ourselves. And when we admit like, God, I'm confused. I'm angry. My sister-in-law is 27 and she has an estimated like year and a half, two years to live. This doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Like she's the healthiest person I know. God, why would you allow this? What we're actually doing is allowing for those feelings that have been captivated on the insides of our heart to actually have room to breathe. Yeah. And allow them to be to escape, so that way we don't turn bitter. Instead, we allow ourselves to become better because we're giving them to someone who is greater than ourselves, which is which is God the Father. Yeah. And that transparency with God is just honesty. It really is. And I think a lot of us live in in bubbles where um, we think that faith is is pretending to have it all together, and faith is. Um, deciding that we don't want to think about what's going on. We're just going to trust that God has got it. 
And I really think the bravest people I know are the people that allow themselves to fully experience the negative things, allow themselves to process it, allow themselves to be honest about it, and allow themselves to take those things to the Father and say, these are too heavy for me to bear. You are bigger, you are better, and you are doing something that I can't even imagine. So please help me have a heart like yours. Help me see things the way that you see them. Um, I think, I think that's what healthy people do. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that that is how we become healthier, but we also become more enriched. And I think that's also how we have joy in the midst of grieving circumstances, like the one I described with my sister-in-law, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, there are so many things in this life that we just, we will not understand on this side of eternity. And there are so many things in this life that the Lord just wants to take off of our shoulders, but we're clinging on to them because we have a false representation of what it means to quote unquote, be a Christian, or we have this like alternative reality where we think that faith is being silent. I think faith is being vocal, but it's being vocal with the right person, you know, the Lord. So I'm sorry about that little tangent. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is a stuff that like ministers to my soul because I think that, you know, just as much as God wants us to know each other's hearts, like he wants us to know his. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when life is incredibly hard, which it has its seasons. And yet I'm pretty sure every single person on this earth walks through incredibly difficult seasons. um, I think that God wants us to know his heart. and it can be really hard to see that when the brokenness is so weighty and so heavy and so like suffocating sometimes. Um, but one of the most beautiful, beautiful things about our God is the fact that like he grieves too, you know, like he grieves over the broken. He grieves over your sister-in-law situation. He grieves over injustice. Like he grieves over all of these things and it heartbreaks too. And so it's just like such a beautiful thing to see a glimpse of his heart um in in that honest moment with him because I think it just helps like it helps my heart it helps me like reconcile the brokenness because um he's not a god who is far off you know what I mean and he's not he's a god who's very present and um who is very aware and who very much cares and so um it's just such a good reminder of who he is and his character and it um everything you said just like ministers so much to my heart and I can only imagine that it ministers to so many other people's hearts too because we we do walk through brokenness and we do walk through really difficult situations and we need to be reminded of the truth of who God is and his heart for us too, you know. Mm, it's so true. It's so true. And I love what you said because the Lord isn't constantly like looking to like fix our problems. It's it's not like he wants us to realize how like realize all the problems we have so that way he can fix them. Ugh, like, yeah. duh. No, that's not him at all. He's a God who like sits with us in our stuff and he grieves with us. Um, I was in counseling a lot last year. Counseling is the best medicine. I just have to say it. But so I was in counseling and my counselor looked at me and he goes, Anna, God is not waiting for you to bring you, like waiting for you to bring him your list of prob- like problems. He's not waiting for you to realize it and get it. He's waiting for you to just allow him to sit with you in the uncomfortability and in the brokenness. Mm-hmm. He wants, he's grieving with you. He's mourning with you. And you think that grieving and mourning is like a sin and it's not. 
And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's not, and it's, it's not like grieving and mourning and lamenting are some of the healthiest things that we can do that like read the Psalms. King David right. literally he grieved, he lamented, he mourned, he cried out to God. He asked God why, like, it's not a sin to ask God why it's not a sin to tell God how you feel. It's not a sin to grieve. And I think like, once we become more comfortable with those things, We'll also understand what it means to bear the rich, sweet fruits of joy, of abundance, of gratitude, you know, because our, those, our hearts can get clogged with those negative feelings. And we, we can't experience necessarily like joy and abundance and gratitude if we're so focused on what we're, what we're grieving and what we're holding on to. If we don't let those things have space, you know? Absolutely. I like, uh, Amen to like all of those things because it's just so incredibly true. And I think that, you know, the enemy would love nothing more than us to think that like that those things are wrong, that like coming to the throne boldly and like bringing all of those feelings to the Lord is not okay. And yet God is like, no, 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 no. Like I'm right here, you know, and I already know everything you're going to say. And I already know every struggle of your heart and of your soul and to like bring it to me, you know, and there's just something like beautiful about um, about his heart and about that kind of transparency with him because it is just so um, it's healing it's healing to our soul when life is hard and when it's really broken and so um, I think that's just such a gift mm, it's so good so so good all right well I have two more questions for you before we go really quick um, and it is the first one is what is your heart on fire for these days and the second one is what are you learning in this season Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's start with what I'm learning in this season first. Um, goodness, I'm learning so much in this season. Um, gosh, like, like I mentioned before, I'm learning that it's okay to cut back on some things so that way other things can grow. Um, and I love, love analogies. And so like, I feel like over the last year, I've really come to realize that my life has become this like crazy overgrown garden. Like some things in my life are choking out other things because I've allowed them to grow too big or take up too much space in my life and in my heart. Um, so like I've had to cut back on some friendships. I've had to cut back on work. Um, and I've had to say no when my, <laughs> my sweet validation craving self just wanted to say yes <laughs> and yes and yes and yes. And no is just like a scary word for me sometimes because I'm like, if I say no, will they not love me anymore? <laughs> like I, that's just, that's just me to the fullest. But I'm pruning back those things. I really realize what it means to allow myself to have pockets and space of rest and pockets and space of creativity. Like as a business owner, I've been a business owner for the last seven years. I love what I do. I love wedding and portrait photography. It's, it's so much fun, but it's become work and I can shoot creatively like on a wedding day. I can, but like there are also so many other faucets to who I am as a creative. Like, and I like, I've, I've picked up watercoloring. Like, I think that that's super fun. And I've picked up more gardening and, and more things that just allow my life to have more time and space for me to actually think and be myself and be creative and um, not necessarily have purposed workflows, um, which has been so, so good. Like, so, so good. Um, but anyways, I've, in this season, I've really like learned that um, when you have a comp- like a little bit of confidence to do 
what is good for yourself, you get a little bit more confident confidence to do what's greater. And so change is good, mm-hmm. but balance is better, but you can't get balance unless some things in your life change. And yeah. so I know balance is like one of those things where it's like so hard to achieve and it's so hard to articulate because everyone's lives look so differently, but it's been so healthy for me to be able to say, okay, Anna is not a girl who can work from nine to five. Anna is a girl who can work from nine to 12. And then she like takes an hour lunch break and then she works for a couple more hours and then she does something creative and she ends the day at three. That's who Anna is. Like that is what Anna needs. (laughs) And like understanding that Anna's needs once I embrace those, I'll be a better person. I'll be a better photographer, you know, like I'll be better all the way around. Um, and it's just been, it's been so good for me, but so that's what I've been learning. I love it. It's so good. So much truth. Uh, it's, it's hard. (laughs) Once I, once I become an expert, I'm sure the Lord's going to like be like, Oh yeah, no, mm, no, just kidding. Um, and then as far as what my heart is on fire for these days, I just have to give a shout out to my girl, Brene Brown. Um, I have listened. So, um, I found this app called Hoopla and it's, you connect it to your library card and you get like so many free audiobooks. And so I'm in the car a lot with work and with travel. And so I love listening to audiobooks and podcasts, but audiobooks specifically. And I have been listening to um, Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability, and it's more so of a talk than it is a book. So she's speaking at like this conference or something, and she goes through like different chapters of like her her speaking engagement. And oh my goodness, it has been so good for my soul. If you are if you liked this podcast and if you like this conversation that Jessica and I had, I, I challenge you to go Google it, search it. Uh, Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability. It's amazing. She talks about guilt and shame and she talks about the differences. She talks about so many things, transparency, um, friendships, um, childhood, like all of these different things. And she does it in a very quirky and fun way to where she's going to keep your attention and it's just, it, you can laugh your way through it. But Love that. It. I'm on fire for that. Let me just say, like, I am on fire. She's so good. She's so good. So on fire for that. Um, I need fire. to audiobook situation because, like, I've been all about the podcast life and that kind of stuff, but I've never listened to an audiobook ever once in my life. Like, what have I been Lauren, really? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've never done it. Well, girlfriend, yeah. Hoopla is a free way. I feel like this should be a paid ad. Hoopla is a free way to listen to audiobooks and connect to your library. (laughs) I'm in. There you go. So I'm also on fire for gardening. It's spring here in Alabama and it's warm and it's beautiful. And my husband and I, we uh, just planted some hydrangeas and we planted a little uh, raised garden bed full of fruits and veggies and herbs. I'm so pumped for those. Um, And it's just been, it's been so relaxing and so freeing. We have this beautiful front porch and my hubby is building a swinging day bed for it. And I'm so excited to just sit outside drinking all, all, Oh, I can never say this. Alner, Al, mm. Arnold, Sweet. Arnold Palmer. I love you. <laughs> this is why we're friends. You completely yeah, drink one of those things and just sit on the front porch and just enjoy like the southern views. Like I just, I'm, I'm pumped for that. I'm on fire for it. And it. and just honestly, like my church, like we've just we've really connected to the people there and we've really enjoyed it. And it's been so so fun. So 
That's what I'm on fire for these days. <laughs> so fun. I just love all of that. What a gift. Like, uh, thanks for just coming and sharing your heart and your fire for life and for the Lord and for friendship and for vulnerability and all of those things. Like, it is such a gift to me. Um, your life is such a gift to me. And I'm just really grateful that I get to hear that with all these people. Like, you're just such a blessing. And so it just means so much for you to do this. Well, you're a sweet, sweet friend. And I'm so, so grateful for the woman that you are, the woman you're growing up to be. And literally, this podcast is is so incredible because Truth Speaks is is so you. And it's so awesome for us to be able to hear and to see you live out the calling that the Lord has placed on your life. Like you are a truth speaker through and through. And for you to be able to encourage other people to not only seek truth, but listen for it, like it's such a blessing. So thank you for being brave and for stepping out in faith and and starting this. Like, oh, it's such a joy to be here. I adore you. You're the best. Thanks for being my faithful (laughs) encourager. I love you, sis. My goodness, she is just such a gift, you guys. I hope that you will take the time to go follow her on Instagram and so you can get a little bit of Anna in your life every day. Anna is just so full of wisdom and there are so many things she said in this podcast that I am like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen and write it down because they're just such good truths to have in my everyday life. I loved when she was talking about exercising discernment with who you share your heart with and your friendships and all of her garden analogies. There's just so many things about this podcast that I adored. If you want to follow Anna on social media, you can find her at Anna Philly. And as always, y'all can find me on Instagram at Jessica Lauren Photo if you want to stay in touch. I hope you guys will have a wonderful week and we will see you here on the Truth Speaks podcast next time.